Hello, Ed. Andrew, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good. Happy uh, Amazon Prime Day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what are the uh, What are the purchases that you've made already? So, um, so I was up at midnight, um, <laughs> and that wasn't the plan. I was literally I was watching I was watching some TV, and um, and then I realised that the Prime sales start at midnight. So I thought, you know what, let me just stay up another twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> And it actually, I mean, like, obviously, we get we get maybe the toned down version of Amazon, right? We don't get the the glorious yeah. goods on offer. US one, like no, that's right. Yeah. Like we do in the states, but uh, yeah, a little TV soundbar for my little outdoor TV and a few other little bits and pieces. I mean, nothing too nice. exciting, but, but still exciting. I thought you'd be getting the uh, the drone, the Ring drone. You've seen that, right? I have seen that. Alex <laughs> It's not launched though, right? No, no. But I just—I uh, thought you might try and get on there and try and uh, quickly, uh, get yeah. something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, was, I was expecting. I was expecting that. I mean, that's phenomenal. For those of you who don't know, that Ring have launched a drone that basically uh, kind of, you know, patrols your house um, for you. So, uh, from a security system, which is just blows me away. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, yeah. What a happy Prime Day, and uh, welcome to uh, welcome to the growth show. So, uh, uh, for those of you that are new, I can see a few people uh, popping in now. Hi, uh, welcome to the show. This is our weekly uh, weekly catch up. We're now on, I guess, episode twenty three, right? Twenty three. Yep. Uh, which is quite scary uh, for those of you. And I can see, obviously, a few guys that join us every week. Thank you for thank you for returning. And we should give a shout out to the uh, the podcast listeners as well, because uh, for whatever reason, that that traffic has shot through the roof. Um, so thank you to everyone that's listening uh, to the uh, to the to the show as well. I guess. I guess our show works well from a podcast perspective because we don't really have a, a deck, right? We don't uh, we don't have a presentation, or it's not death by PowerPoint, so it's good easy listening. Yeah, and they don't have to see our faces, mate. Exactly. This is even better. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm not broadcasting from Nextrid HQ today. I'm actually uh, decided to do a fireside chat uh, today. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm just missing a fire. I do have a beard and obviously uh, pipe and slippers on while I'm sitting here talking to you. Man. It does. It does see you. It does see you. So yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, yep. Some more people dropping through. Okay. Cool. So I tell you what, mate. I think just while while people are jumping in, yeah. Um, I, I just read the funniest news story this week, and I don't know whether it's kind of just a bit of a testament to how how many of us are feeling at the moment. But have you seen what uh, Singapore Airlines have launched uh, last week? Home delivery. No. Airline mm -hmm. food. They launched that. They launched airline food, but not home delivery. It's basically you've got to book a seat on the plane. Oh yeah, on an, a, can... on an A380, um, and so your economy seat is about fifty dollars a seat. Right. Uh, and all, and all you do is you go on there. They feed you with a normal kind of tray. Um, and if you want to go for uh, business and first, and then the suite, it goes up to about five hundred uh 500 pounds 500 dollars i think so 500 dollars right. per uh per seat plane doesn't take off um they've they've been sold out they've sold uh they've sold out two a380s over the weekend um and wow. they've now got a waiting list um wow. and genius. and it's nuts i mean it, it really is genius in in, in, yeah. in some respects but uh, you know I, I do miss traveling um you know i know Not that much like, surely <laughs> but not that much. I mean, that's the point, yeah. right? I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna book a seat on yeah. a, on a Singapore Airlines or an Emirates Airlines flight just for a meal. I mean, that like, no. kind of, that that does take it to extremes. But yeah, no, I, mean, really I, I guess they've always led the way. I mean, they basically launched the home delivery service last week as well. So they okay. were saying that, and and the whole premise was that you know we're used to delivering high quality, good quality food at you know thirty thousand feet in the air, um, rehydrated, reheated. To, to taste fresh you know so we we took that kind of technology and 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 learning and, and basically now we're offering it to the public so yeah. so you can uh, you can now order home food and and you know like decent food as well but obviously you know all pre-packaged and in a microwave and good to go so yeah i thought that's what was the story but yeah interesting yeah. no it's it's nuts um, why are we seeing more cool. singapore stories by the way i'm being targeted by a lot of singapore stories at the moment i don't know if you are in my news feeds so i know i'm not no, this one just literally just popped in, popped in on its own. Fair enough. Cool. Good stuff. Well, so, I mean, that brings us brings us today's topic, right? We uh, we yeah. launched we we launched last week. Um, uh, we we started the twenty twenty one series, 
So last week we had, you know, how does marketing look like in, or what does marketing look like in 2021? What are some of the considerations? Um, and obviously, you know, this is the second part of that four part series. And today we're talking sales, right? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and I think, it, I think it just, which we had a really good response last from last week's show, yeah, yeah. Uh, both from the podcast and, and from uh, those who, who joined the show as well. So hopefully I think, you know, we've got a lot more kind of uh, value to add from a kind of sales perspective today. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. I feel that the reality is we're, we're joking about sort of people, I don't know, you know, missing flying and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. we're, we're back to where we were numbers wise, pretty much around the world from where we were say four months ago yeah, and um, exactly. and that's not a, and that's not a good sign right so if we're, right. if we're looking at you know obviously in a lot of places now you know the winter months which seemingly had an impact last year uh, earlier this year sorry um you know we we we're, almost feels like we're in some sort of crazy cycle where um you know where we're, we're going to be impacted you know for the kind of foreseeable future and that you know i think certainly includes most of 2021 yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean i think obviously uh, there's the the um, the points that we wanted to run through were you know based on where we are now, what we we're doing before, and then hopefully you know how we can kind of improve things from a sales yeah. perspective uh, moving into 2021. So uh, as yeah. always, guys, you know if you have any questions, uh, jump it on the Q and A or jump it on the chat. Uh, happy to do that. And uh, and um, I think uh, if you're listening uh, or if you're watching this at a later date, by all means drop us. Uh, drop us an email. So uh, you can drop us an email at uh, growthshow at digitalnexa.com. So if you've got any questions or anything that you want to kind of uh, fire our way, just send that over and we'll be happy to, to answer any questions as well afterwards. Awesome. Cool. So let's, let's, let's yeah, let's get cracking, Andrew. So, yeah. I mean, our, our, you know, there's a few people who may have heard this before, but our, our kind of, our journey together started uh, because of sales, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Many, it was, many it moons was ago. Sales. Many moons ago. Yeah, it uh, it was it was based around sales. Uh, we've told the story before, but I, uh, a guy rocked up at my office and um, he was basically selling mobile solutions. And I and I asked him, which uh, which crazy guy sent you out into the marketplace uh, selling mobile solutions when no one knows what a mobile is? <laughs> so, free free uh, iPhone. Free iPhone. Oh, this was Nokia days. This was uh, this yeah. was Sony Ericsson days. So yeah, that. That was that, and I was like, "Whoever sent you out, I need to meet that man um, because he's either very cruel or or just a, a genius in the making." Um, so, so t- turns cool. out you were that man. <laughs> yeah, you were very cruel. Um, that was a cool t- man. T- turns out you were that forward-thinking gentleman that uh, that needed to have a mobile conversation probably six years before anyone else. Um, and and yeah, that got us. That kind of got us talking, and and several, I guess, beers, salads, fried chicken later. Um, you know, most of those conversations always revolved around sales uh, because we were both, obviously, at the time you 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 uh, you own, we still do, not at the time, but at the time you were the the owner of uh, uh, of Nexa and still are, and obviously I was uh, working in Yellow Pages back in those days. Mm. Um, so you know, both responsible for sales, uh, a, a different uh, different dynamics, but but very much. Um, that was a huge focus because we were both commercially active, right? Yeah. Um, out there and had been for many years. And I guess still are, right? So we're still, nothing's changed as far as, you know, how commercially active we are. Uh, we're still out there pounding the streets. So I think we still can offer some valuable insights. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it's funny, you know, we, we, we talk back and I, I don't know how many years ago that was now, maybe 13, 14 years ago, I guess. 13, something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, it's funny, right? I mean, because how, how much has really sales evolved and, and sales processes evolved during, evolved during that time, right? If you look at yeah. everything that's around us, everything from a technology standpoint, um, you know, what's what's really kind of changed, you know, since those days when we used to, and, and in all fairness, we used to sit there talking, not talking, we used to sit there moaning about salespeople, um, <laughs> right? It was a reality because we, we, we never, um, you know, we, we just, I don't know, what, what, it was, there was always frustration, right? It was like, you know, that's, it, that's yeah. always the yeah. main topic. It was, yeah, I mean, I think it was, it, was, it was also, what do we do? Do we have a large sales force and, uh, you know, pound the streets? Um, is it about numbers? Uh, and I mean, physical individuals out there pounding the streets. Is it about, 
you know, targeting. So should some of my sales force focus on one of my products or service or should they offer everything? Should I pay a huge base and little commission? Should I do no base, all commission? Should I do a hybrid? Should I give the guys parking cards? Should I, you know, there was, there was a whole, always a, a kind of back and forth as, as far as, you know, what tech you're using, how you, how you tracking performance, how you tracking commissions, you know, there was, there was always a discussion, um, an evolving discussion around, you know, something that is ultimately so crucial to the business because obviously without yeah. sales, uh, we don't have a business, right? Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, but again, it goes back to that point. What's, what's really changed, you know, because you're, mm. you're out there, you know, we're both out there speaking to a ton of clients. Um, we're trying to help them sort of get pre prepared for 2021. Yeah. Um, and actually it's been great because it gives us an opportunity to really ask some questions where we perhaps haven't even asked some of these questions for a while, but you know, I think with what's going on, I think it gives us an opportunity to really kind of ask some deep questions, um, you know, to the companies that we speak to really about kind of things like sales processes, you know, and really yeah. kind of get quite granular with that. Look, from where I, where I sit and, and the conversations I've had, I still find it really kind of amazing that, you know, some of the same things that we were moaning about, 13 years ago are still the same things that company yeah. owners moan about today or heads yeah, of sales yeah. moan about today. And, and, you know, so it kind of makes me, makes me wonder because again, marketing was, is a different animal today than what it was 13 years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. We, we, we've spoken about it in the past where, you know, marketing has kind of taken that leap and it, I guess it's, 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 they've enjoyed the spoils of tech or they've enjoyed the spoils of growth and it's, it's kind of, you know, very kind of out there, right? Very popular. Whereas sales, you know, you don't really go to university to, to kind of, you know, become commercially active, let's say. You don't go to university to study sales, right? Um, there's some sales training courses and obviously there's, there's, there's oh. uh, you know, institutes that, that are associated to sales training. But whereas marketing and digital marketing and, you know, inbound marketing, there's a whole host of um, educational uh, resources associated to being that. It's a career move, right? Uh, but you don't necessarily, you know, see people say, look, I want to sell, right? That's what I want to do. Um, you know, and if they do, it's more of a kind of personality driven, I guess, activity versus, you know, technology or, or interest or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think the point is, is, um, you know, despite, despite all of that, and you're right, you know, no, nobody kind of, you know, wakes up in the morning and says, right, well, you know, at, the, at a young age, I mean, ask my kids what they want to be in the future. And they'll tell you a thousand things, but being a salesperson isn't one of them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's something that people kind of find themselves in, but, but what's weird is again, and it's perhaps because they're being trained, um, maybe not, you know, from an academic perspective, but it's kind of training on the job, perhaps yeah. as a senior person who's training them. Um, maybe it's, you know, reasons like that where, you know, essentially people are told, this is how you sell. This is how we've always yep. sold. You know, this exactly. is what works and this is what doesn't work. So don't go and try something that doesn't work. Right. And especially yep. with sales being such a kind of numbers and results um, based job. Right. If you don't yep. sell and you don't, you know, generate revenue, then Done. you don't typically have a job. You know, nobody right. kind of keeps salespeople because they try hard. You know, so although we have in the past, but, um, <laughs> but, but, but the point is, is, you know, that that's not kind of how it works. Right. And, no, um, exactly. but the technology is there. And I think, I think it's kind of, you know, it's wrong to say, okay, sales hasn't moved on. Uh, I think what's, what's not moved on perhaps is maybe people and sales processes haven't moved on, but, yeah. but technology has, I mean, the amount of sales technology and, and technology that kind of really supports sales is, is, is huge. And I think we'll, we'll touch on that in the show today yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think some of the things um, that, that I have seen kind of change or, or you start to see, you know, grassroots or, or green shoots is, is the, the kind of more to a consultative cell. Um, so instead of kind of just, you know, putting out your pitch and just, you know, kind of aiming down the line and, and, and kind of shouting at people and not really listening. I think there's, there's definitely, um, a maturity now to, to understand that actually, no, I, I do need to understand a bit more about my, my potential prospects and, and where that individual may be. Um, but, I, but I think obviously, you know, what, what hasn't, what hasn't really changed either is like the relationship. So that, that kind of relationship people buy from people where they like, that's yeah. still relevant, but I, but I think obviously, you know, we found ourselves um, distanced, distanced socially over the last eight months. And, and that obviously has an impact on, 
that individual that is very relationship driven, let's say, um, and relies on that to, to perhaps, you know, mask over uh, other, other, you know, areas that they haven't really focused on, right, um, for, for, for their kind of uh, selling career. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's there, yeah. Cool. So, look, shall we, um, I, think, I think we should just kind of move forward. And, and I think we've got, both, and I, you know, we've obviously had discussion about this prior to the show today, but, you know, I think we're both um, pretty clear in terms of what people need to do uh, in 2021 or looking forward to 2021 yeah. in terms of sales. Um, how do you want to do this, Andrew? I mean, should we kind of, I don't know, any ideas? Let's do this. <laughs> is that, is that do a slow hand, slow hand clap? That's a yeah, super hand slow hand cup. I guess uh, you know we uh, we talk about a funnel a lot, um, you know, and uh, obviously when the HubSpot speak, we move it to flywheel. But I think we've got to go. We've got to go with what everyone knows, and and you know that sales funnel. I think if we take people through that, then that kind of uh, you know sets them up nicely uh, as far as how they may want to you know take away from today and, and implement this in their own environment. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like that. So linear, kind of top to bottom. Yeah. Pro, go through pro. Okay, cool. I like that. All right. Perfect. So start at the top of funnel. Yep. All right. Uh, is that you, you saying you start at the top of the funnel or is that me? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying so that's, that's probably more my area. So I'm happy to start at the top of the you funnel. You go for that. You, you, yeah. You okay. All right. That. Okay, cool. So for me at the very, very top of the funnel is, is um, you know, aside from kind of internal knowing products and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. When we talk high level fun, I think let's talk about kind of uh, the strategy. Okay. So, and, and we're not talking specifically sales strategy. I think we're talking a combination of sales and marketing strategy. Um, and when we're talking about sort of sales and marketing strategy, we need to talk about sales and marketing alignment. Um, and I think one of the biggest challenges I still see, uh, I saw it earlier this week, I saw it last week. Uh, and these are companies where they understand they need to have a new process. They need to kind of refine what they're doing from a sales perspective, moving into, you know, this kind of new normal, but they still say, uh, Oh, you know, they, they still have a setup where, you know, marketing is on maybe on that side of the room or even on that side yeah. of the world in some cases yeah. and sales is, you know, over, over there somewhere. And, and, and I think that, that sales and marketing kind of, you know, I don't know, unalignment, whatever it's called. Right. Is, is a mess because basically, because basically, I think I just made that up, but basically what it is, is, you know, we're, we're in a very different world and today sales and marketing has to be one very kind of integrated department. Okay. Um, and, the, and the reason I kind of say that is, is where it's kind of disjointed, it just doesn't work. And, and I was on a, I was on a call earlier this week and it's a new client that's been picked up in the States, a big billion dollar company. And, um, and the calls with their kind of uh, entire marketing team. And it was really interesting. So they were like, look, the focus of this engagement is we're gonna generate leads. We wanna kind of, you know, you know, this is what we'll do, we wanna create it for this yeah. sector. And I said, cool, what sector? And they're like, it's the healthcare and finance sectors. Great. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they were saying, yeah, this is kind of really important. I was going, great. So have sales told you how important this is? Or is this marketing? And they were like, well, no, it's kind of us. I was like, okay, cool. Have sales kind of given you any, you know, have been involved in this process yeah, where yeah. you've been coming up with these ideas? And again, it was no. I was like, okay, cool. What about the messaging? Right, what messaging are you going to market with? Because, you know, you guys have got 300 salespeople that are out there. Yeah. What insights have you taken from those salespeople who are possibly having three, four, five, six sales calls per day? Okay. Exactly. Um, they're collecting, you know, a whole ton of knowledge and information yeah. They, they know what questions their, uh, their prospects are asking them. And are we answering any of those questions that are being asked there right now? Okay. In real time. Out in the market. Are, yeah. yeah. Are we answering any of those with the content and the collateral that you guys have put together from a marketing standpoint? And the, you know, the answer is no, which is, you know, and, 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 that, and that still happens. Right. And that's in the States. That happens in, in the UAE. Happens, I mean, everywhere. And, and yeah. I get it. Right. Because, you know, marketing have got their own KPIs. Um, and typically those aren't related to sales. Sales have got their KPIs and they're not typically related to marketing. Yeah. And, and, you know, so that, but it's disjointed and I think that's, that's the issue. So, so from my perspective, you know, when we look at, um, you know, overall strategy, I think first and foremost, step number one is get marketing and sales in a room and get them to have a very real conversation. 
right? So, you know, marketing's role, I think, in, in 2021, especially in that B2B space, is how do we help sales sell more, right? Yeah. I don't think it's how do we generate more leads? I think it's how do we get mm. salespeople to sell more? And I think that's, you know, they sound very similar in terms of, mm, you know, what I'm trying to say, but it actually is a different sale. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and if they're not supporting that sales process, then I think you have a big challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think it'd be interesting to get your take on this because I mean, you know, you've, you've run kind of large sales organizations before and, and I think, you know, kind of understanding sales processes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know. What's what's your kind of thoughts on this? Yeah, I I think it it it's it, it truly is a wasted opportunity not to dive into that sales knowledge, right? Um, I think especially at the moment, the the prospect or buyer mentality has has shifted, right? So so even perhaps the the conversations, the questions that were being asked a year ago, are not the same questions that are being asked now. You know, and if you still kind of, you know, go to market with that strategy that is, is again, very disjointed, um, you know, you're, you're missing a trick um, because you're ultimately, you know, firing blanks at that point, right? You just don't really know where, um, you know, who you're talking to, if they're going to understand your message, is, is the message going to resonate with them, as you said. So I think that that that's a missed trick or missed opportunity for sure yeah. to to kind of pull in that that sales knowledge I, I think from a process perspective as well um you know that if you go back and look at that traditional uh, sales space where it was you know kind of marketing generating those leads throwing them into effectively like a boiler room right you know if we go back to boiler room people on phones kind of you know, knocking going through the process yeah. uh, the sales manager or sales director kind of keeping eyes on seeing what's going on I mean, that's non-existent now. Um, we, we, we can't, I guess in most countries at the moment, it's a legal requirement for that not to happen. You know, that boiler room and, and ringing the bell and, and, and you, know, uh, you know, that just doesn't, that doesn't exist anymore because obviously through social distancing or perhaps organizations that have made the decision never to go back to the office. We heard from Microsoft um, this last week that they, they, that's it. You know, you guys, uh, you don't want to come back to the office. You don't have to, simple as that. You know, we'll yeah. work through a hybrid or whatever. So, I think just some of that from a, from a strategy and process perspective, um, you know, that, that needs to be, to be looked at as well. And, and I think yeah. that possibly in the past where, you know, there were, may have been a reluctance for sales to engage with marketing. I, I think, you know, they're, they're now, <clears throat> they now need, they need each other more than ever, yeah. right? They need to, they need to make sure that, that they're, they're feeding each other information. Um, because ultimately, as you said, that is what is going to deliver business, um, not just leads, right? Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Uh, but I think there's one more part of this because you know we've yeah. we've, uh, we've we've set this up in the past, and we've we've spoken to companies and said that you need to have some alignment, and they said we agree, and so they get everyone in a room and they yeah. have this big meeting, and sales say, look, this is what we're hearing in the market. Market yeah. is saying this is how we can solve some of those questions yeah. or those problems that you're facing. And it all works great. And then three or four months later, we go back in saying, great, guys, how's it going? And they're like, oh, well, I'm not really sure how, you know, I'm not really sure if marketing are doing too much now. Okay. And marketing are like, actually, I don't know what's happened to the leads that we've generated or the content we've yeah. created. And so I think, you know, for the kind of missing point here, just in this side and, and the marketing and sort of sales alignment piece is you need the technology that bridges both of that together. And, um, yeah. and again, we've spoken, you know, plenty of times about, you know, the importance of a CRM, um, you know, but the reason that's important, not just from an individual level or as individual salesperson's perspective of keeping track of what's going on, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, what's keeping a track of their, you know, their kind of leads and their prospects and their conversations. It's not just about that. But the fact is that if a salesperson is fully on top of the CRM, marketing, can see exactly what's going on from a sales perspective. So they've now got eyes on potentially, yeah. you know, leads that they've generated. So they, they can get some feedback. If they're tracking things properly, they can go back and look at different sources of leads uh, and say, okay, well, look, these, you know, these 10 leads seem to be progressing really well. Oh, these have come from Google. You know, again, real-time insights yeah. that, that allow them to kind of understand, you know, where to spend budget and, and all of those different things as well. And then the uh, flip side to that, sorry, mate, is, okay. Uh, marketing to sales handoff, right? So again, rather yeah. than, you know, rather than, okay, marketing generating leads and then, you know, sending an email to sales saying, hey, we've got some interest here. It's come from the website. 
or, or sending it to a uh, you know, sales director who's typically busy, but then when he finds time or she finds time, that gets fed into CR, you know, to the salesperson. Well, again, we can bypass all of that yeah. kind of nonsense. And again, leads get generated and then within a split second, they get given to the salesperson via a CRM and, yeah. and bang, right? The sales process can start. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think that, you know, possibly or historically there's, there's a, there's a reluctance to, uh, for, from a sales perspective, sometimes to, to embrace, let's say a CRM or, or some element of tracking. Um, because I think, I think the vision has been skewed. So, you know, from a sales professional perspective, it's monitoring, it's, you know, seeing what I'm up to, uh, these are my leads or, you know, I'm prospecting here or whatever. And, and I think, you almost kind of need to release those chains and, and talk about visibility and the, the the fact that by having true transparency and visibility on, on what's happening from a lead source or prospecting perspective um, gives you the opportunity to make more informed decisions, right? So, you know, and ultimately, actually, it, it helps you, it aids you, it doesn't hinder you, it's not, it's yeah. not an element of big brother, it's, it's essentially, you know, we're all in this together and, and I need to know what's happening with this uh, particular lead or this prospect because, you know, I spent X amount of dirhams to, or X amount of dollars to, for you to have a conversation. So I need to make sure that I'm not wasting yeah. your time or anything. So I think, I think, um, you know, the positioning of that has to be very much back to the alignment, back to the strategy. Um, you know, this, this, this has to all hum, uh, you know, it, it, a bit like a kind of an engine, you know, one part that's kind of just rattling a bit doesn't work, right? It needs to be all humming yeah. along. Look, salespeople are always under pressure, right? And I think that's a thing. Yeah. But there's, there's a difference between pressure and, and uh, a difference between feeling threatened, right? There's two different things. And I think your salesperson that feels threatened and, you know, if I don't bring in my sales numbers, am I going to have a job? I yeah. think it's going to react very differently to someone who isn't feeling threatened, but just feels pressure, right? Because, yeah. you know, the, they're the going to perform better, right? If they're, if they're threatened, right? I will say that I did go into an organization here and um, somebody, the sales director at the time, not me, was shaking a bag, see-through bag of um, passports. And uh, it was basically, okay, who wants to go home? Uh, who wants to go home this month? Uh, yeah, top prize for least amount of sales gets to go home, free trip to their home country. So uh, yeah. Works, right? Threats work. <laughs> wow. Um, amazing. So, Sorry, you were saying... It's so, a, yeah. you were, <laughs> no, but I mean, no, no, but, but, no, the, point, the point is exactly like that. Like you, you've got to, you know, different, different ways of kind of managing people produce yeah. different reactions, right? And, um, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's exactly what you were trying to say. Um, <laughs> but, but we've... Um, but, but I think that's a key, right? If... if yeah. If you it has to be explained. Again, we've we've seen organisations where they've thrown a CRM, right? Yes, and they literally exactly. said, "Right, guys, here's a CRM, and from tomorrow, this is what you Go. do. And if you yeah. don't do it, you're in trouble. And that's, that's not going to work, right? Unless people no. are kind of men mentally invested uh, into this and understand why they need to do it, they're not going to do it. Exactly. You know, so, so I think that yeah. So look, I think from for me, top of top of funnel, it's very much about look, get yep. that in place, um, and then you know. And then we move on to, I guess, the next part of the funnel, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that kind of prospecting piece, you know, once we know we're kind of all aligned, I mean, you know, lead generation as it sits uh, or prospecting, let's call it just prospecting, um, you know, I, I think considering where we are and moving into 2021, there are some considerations that we have to be made now. Um, you know, there, there are things like, you know, we put it already, but, but there's more applied pressure because there's essentially more eyeballs on you, right? Um, you know, there's, there's, there's limited budget. So what they're trying to provide to you in sales um, may be limited as well due to the budget. Um, but ultimately, there still may not be an alignment with limited budget, limited opportunity, but expectation on, on delivery. So, so looking at, you know, that, that is, is, is a, a challenge. And also, I think just about the way that people do prospect. So, you know, there's still in large parts of the world, you know, pound in the streets, right? Premise-based sales, yeah? Um, you know, it's not always practical to be sitting remotely. You sometimes have to go into like, you know, a shipyard or, you know, construction site or go in and have conversations or office-based activity. This is, you know, dropped off a cliff, right? 
um, you know, people are actively, again, being discouraged from, you know, socially interacting, either in a social or work sense. So even that whole kind of opportunity to go prospecting, there's, there's kind of a, a lean on, on other things, right? Um, lean perhaps more on a reliance of, um, you know, the, 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 the digital aspects, um, because I can't go and physically knock on doors. I mean, I, I still remember 20 years ago, first sales job in this part of the world, walking around, you know, a cobar knocking on doors, selling software, selling internet solutions, you know, just, just being able to do that. And although that was 20 years ago, up until March, there were still people doing that. Right. And we know, why do we know? Because we've had companies that have come to us and said, I can't do this anymore. Right. What, what's open yeah. to me? Um, so I think, I think, you know, there is limited sales opportunities. So we have to kind of look at, look at some of those, some of those different ones. Um, I mean, how do you think it, you know, do you think it's changed the way that, that, so let's, that's prospecting, but do you think that it's changed the way people are trying to look uh, for help? You know, they're the kind of potential yeah. buyers. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. Look, I think, I think there's a couple of things. Um, and, and these aren't new things, but typically happen at times of recession. Yeah. Um, people don't take risks uh, and I think that's that's a really kind of important one I think yeah. so uh, I've spoken to companies and I've said look you know think about the purchasing decisions that you've made you know in the last seven or eight months now since we've been sort of you know locked down and COVID and all that kind of stuff yeah what have you done and they've been like well we've been much more cautious because we've had less money to spend yeah. uh, we can't we can't um, we can't take risks so this you know the risk of us spending money, but making a purchase, making an investment and it not working is, is something that we can't afford to do right now. Yeah. Um, and so what we're, what we're seeing is, yeah, pe the way people are kind of um, searching for suppliers now, you know, they're, they're looking for, uh, you know, credible suppliers, trusted suppliers. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, for example, I mean, Facebook groups, I know I'm, I'm, I'm a part of, you know, many, as I'm sure you are. Yeah. Um, but the amount of people that are asking for referrals when, you know, that could have maybe, you know, just been an outbound call into them or something along those lines. But people yeah, are actually yeah. now saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of working with this company or I'm looking for this product or service. And, yeah. and they, they almost want to kind of hear, hear firsthand someone who's either worked with them, um, you know, someone that's like said, trusted in the industry, someone who's credible, someone who's sitting at the top of Google, someone who's got a lot of reviews. Yeah. I mean, it could be all of these things, right? Where yeah, like, yeah, people are now maybe more conscious of things like that as opposed to price, right? Which I think yes. is, you know, which, which kind of sounds contradictory in terms of where we are right now from the company business perspective, where perhaps there's less budget. But I genuinely feel, and, and again, everyone I speak to in, in the B2B world who's making purchasing decisions, price is obviously a factor, but yeah actually messing up by choosing the wrong supplier is something that they all try and avoid right and yeah. and perhaps going with a cheaper supplier you know is, isn't one isn't the option right now yeah and, and look I, the I said, yeah sorry yeah. just I, I said to one guy last week i was like well why and he says well if i take a risk on the supplier am i just risking my job yeah why would I do yeah, that? Yeah, very true. Yeah, and I think also, you know, the fact is now that um, the, the challenge is as, as you know, we, we kind of continue in this, this, this time that organisations, you know, are failing. Organisations are, you know, sadly kind of closing down and closing up shop, you know, and, and these are some of the considerations that, that ultimately pop into people's head now. So, you know, how long have you, you, know, you been in business? You know, what are some of your kind of existing contracts you have in place? Um, how have you changed? You know, all of these questions that perhaps were, were, were actually even not asked in a sales kind of call. Um, you've now got to be prepared, you know, as a sales professional to answer those. You've got to go after, you know, perhaps more about that credibility play, uh, you know, more about the, the, the kind of understanding of the unique requirement for that particular customer, um, how things have changed versus just going in and, you know, potentially kind of lowballing or, or talking price, which, which obviously can sometimes uh, sometimes be an easier easier route but but yeah i think i think it's important i think um i think that that with that going back to that kind of digital presence i th i think that not only does the the organization have to have a strong digital presence but i think the individual has to have a strong digital presence now as well yeah, because you know they're they're 
when we lose that connection and, and obviously the, the, the kind of relationship selling or, you know, the build, the build of trust with someone, when you perhaps meet them face to face, shake their hand, look them in the eye. Um, a lot of the time now that first point, and we'll get into it, but the first point of contact is, is a Zoom call. No camera from their side, you know, you, you kind of can't see anything. You don't understand what's happening. Um, so you've got to build a build an element of trust um, prior to that engagement. So I think building a strong digital presence as a sales professional is going to help you ultimately and your organization as well, uh, because then it's matched, right? Yeah, and look, that's a really good point, actually, because I think look, we, and we've spoken about this, right? From a LinkedIn perspective, certainly. Yeah. You know, where um, social selling now is, I think, is a really kind of important yeah. and key ingredient because... And especially like, again, it's still a lot of people who have little cartoony uh, profile pics and all, I don't know, there's, there's you know, if it, if it works for you, great. But, for you, you know, we spoke last week about how a lot of my friends are spending much more time on, yeah, LinkedIn, on LinkedIn than they, yeah. than they were pre-COVID, right? So we're, and then and they were saying, look, literally, I spend most of my time on Instagram and now yeah. all that time's gone into LinkedIn and maybe once or twice a week, I'll look at Instagram but yeah. 80% of their social time is now on LinkedIn. And so if you're not present as a salesperson, I think you're missing the trick. And yeah. I think if you, and it's not just about being present, right? Because again, you know, I, I, I went through a, a better deal with my kind of LinkedIn messages kind of phase last night. And, um, and I hated it. It was literally, I had just, and I hadn't done it for a week. Normally I try and do it every day, right, right. but I hadn't done it for a week and I had 140 messages on LinkedIn. And it was just painful. And, and you know, I, I think I checked the first 30 and in the end, I was just like, you know what, if it's important, they'll message me again. Um, <laughs> Amazing. But, because, but you know, so it's, there's a difference but between being visible. Pitch, right? Connect, yeah, sales, every, so, everything yeah. was sales, right? Yeah. Um, or, or kind of, you know, job hunting, which I understand as well. But, but I think the key yeah. is um, you've, got to, you've got to still add value. If you're present on these platforms, share knowledge, share insight, share data, yeah. share articles, you know, we've said in the past, if you're going to share articles, share your own articles, right? Yep. Position yourself yep. as a thought leader, someone who knows, you know, what you're talking about. If not, share your own company's content. And if that's a miss, then, then look at industry content. But it's not yeah, very exactly. difficult to start to position yourself as, you know, someone who, who, you know, can be trusted, that is visible, that isn't afraid to, you know, uh, share, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It did. You do need to do it. And look, social selling is, is one of those elements that um, is opening up. I, I think some people have been doing it very well. Um, but I'd say, you know, when I look at, look at Inbound, for example, you know, three, four years ago, there was one session on social selling, right? Uh, this year, you know, I, I attended four sessions on social selling yeah. alone, you know? So, so there's definitely um, a hive of activity as far as that outbound activity. Yeah. Um, but also just the fact that people again are going to be searching online, so you need to make yeah. sure you're present for sure. Um, yeah. But I guess you know that kind of brings us nicely into you know the next stage as far as that great you know got an inquiry, got a prospect, um, you know, and, and, and kind of that 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 kind of next reach phase or, or reach out phase, um, sure. you know, and, and, and engaging with that prospect, right? Um, mm -hmm. I guess that that kind of brings us to brings us down to that. I mean, I'd. I'd I'll start with this. I mean, I think some of the things now that um, there's been some there's been some plus and minuses for current situation. I think also heading into 2021. I think on the plus side, the lack of physical meetings has meant time management has improved dramatically. We spoke about this, I think, last week or the week before, where you know the value of our own time has increased dramatically. So the fact that you're not driving somewhere, uh, jumping in a jumping in a car and and, and kind of heading out to a customer, uh, you know, I, I know, I can see someone watching from the UK, Carl, I know he spends a lot of time on a road or did spend a lot of time on a road, you know, where he was traveling between kind of appointments and clients. Um, you know, how is he using that time now as, as, as far as, uh, as, as far as, you know, kind of engaging with other prospects potentially or, or treating customers, um, from, from there. I mean, I think that's first and foremost, the opportunity to have more credible, you know, connections. Um, I think it's something that I've noticed straight away, uh, you know, where, where you do have the ability to, to look, if you want rack them and stack them, I think your, your, uh, your, your record is 11 or 12, um, as far as zoom meetings in a day, I'm not, uh, I think the early days we were both doing that. I, I think zoom yeah. fatigue kicks in a bit and I don't know if we, 
we uh, champion that too much nowadays. Um, but just, you know, the ability to at least not burn through time, you know, 20 minutes between meetings and, and that. And also time management when it comes to the actual meeting itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as far as kind of, you know, that initial inquiry, what, what do you think has, has changed? Um, you know, when, when somebody first reaches out, what, what's different now? Well, I think, I think the, key, the key right now is still, um, look, you just got to have your processes in place, right? First and foremost. Yeah. Um, so what we have at Nexa is, um, you know, we have someone who's, whose dedicated role is to deal with leads as they come in. So we have yeah. a lot of kind of inbound leads that come in on a daily basis. Um, but the key to the key right now, and again, you know, most of these people are going to go through some level of research. They're going to identify maybe three or four companies they don't want to contact and, and time and speed is still really important. So the faster you are to kind of jump onto that lead as it comes in, engage with them, uh, yeah. you know, call them, whatever it is, whatever that internal process is, I think you still have a much better chance of, of doing that. Now that becomes more difficult when people aren't in their offices, right? So again, from a kind of digital perspective, you've got to make sure that you've got the systems in place so that you know someone is receiving these leads and in a position to to react as they come in. Yeah. Um, but I think there's two parts of this, and and you know we we the reason we have somebody whose job it is to look after leads is because we have a lot of leads that come in. Yeah. Okay. So if if you if you didn't have those uh, that many leads, or you only had maybe one a day or a few a week, I think your processes and what you the way you deal with this is very different. Um, so the way that, you know, I guess we would have to look at this is from a, uh, a lead quality and a prioritization perspective. Okay. Yeah. So how yeah. do you prioritize leads? And sometimes that's difficult because all you get is a name and email address, maybe the company, and then you get maybe a short message, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how do you differentiate one of those with another one of those or another 10 of those? Um, okay. and again, if you have many leads that come in, you've got to be uh, a bit more, you've got to use more intelligent tools to understand that. So look, what we do is we use our CRM and we use lead scoring. So uh, every lead that comes in, we've got a good idea, well not a good idea, we've known the exact idea of how many pages they visited on our website. Um, you know, have they engaged with any of our eBooks? Have they engaged with any of our content in the form of, in the form of blogs? Um, how much research and time have they invested in Nexa? before they've contacted us. And if we have an idea of that, and we see that someone's gone through a lot of effort, they automatically go to the top of the list, right? So these yeah. guys get contacted, we give them a lot more focus and priority, compared to that one person who's landed on the homepage, within five seconds gone to contact us, filled out a form and then left. We, we know that person's not invested in this process, has probably done the same to five or 10 other websites. Yeah, exactly. Um, companies, and, and so why should we bother with them, right? And we will bother with them, but maybe when we've got time as opposed to, um, you know, maybe jumping straight on it. So, exactly, so I yeah. think, yeah. And then the other way I'd look at it is how do you differentiate between inbound and outbound leads? So um, the reason we focus so much on inbound is because generally when someone's coming to you saying, I want something, it's typically more, um, you know, just stronger from a sales perspective than when we're going yeah. to someone trying to convince them to buy something. Exactly. Um, right. So we treat both of those very differently as well. Um, but, but yeah. I guess just to go on, just on our process, Andrew, and I think it'd be good for you to kind of carry on with this. Yeah. But once, once we've, once we've, uh, figured out, okay, this is the right person, they're qualified. Um, we don't want to waste our sales time or any of our colleagues sales time um by by giving them you know leads which were you know who are not engaged with us um but once we kind of go through that process what we do is then typically have a call set up right yep. and then and then yeah i guess you know what do you do next andrew yeah sure yeah, yeah. i mean I, I think obviously ultimately to that pitch right so i i think heading into heading into you know kind of 2021 here the, the pitch is very different um, you know, being, being that kind of sales professional, you spend years, you know, picking up on nuances, picking up on visual triggers. So when you actually go and meet somebody, you know, you, you do pick up, up on the office, perhaps the cars or the parts in the car park, you know, where it is geographically, the individuals you're meeting around the room, reading eye contact, shaking hands, et cetera. And the challenge is that obviously from a zoom or teams, whatever perspective, all of that, um, kind of that, that, that. I guess that comfort blanket is taken away right completely um so so you know straight to 
jumping onto uh, that first point, all of our meetings are discovery meetings, the very first meeting. So we don't actually present anything. We, we moved away from presenting a pitch or a deck um, about two years ago. So I guess we were better suited to, to uh, kind of moving into COVID times as far as sales. So we, we have a discovery session, you know, it's very, and even if someone says, hey, listen, what do you got to present? Nothing. Um, you know, we, we kind of want to understand a bit more about you as a business, uh, understand what some of the pain points are, challenges, and then, and then really kind of then see if we can help, uh, you know, align our services with, with some of your pain points and requirements. So I think um, we have a, a camera on policy uh, at our organization. And I think that's important to connect with someone because we've lost all of those other visual triggers. We actively encourage, joke. Um, you know, with the, with the prospect to, to have their camera on as well, um, you know, and obviously that, that can go a couple of different ways. But I can definitely tell you that, you know, even in the last two days, uh, the calls that you have a camera on, you're engaged, you're talking, you can see people, um, there's, there's, there's more you can gain from that. Um, and I think from both sides, right, not only a feeling of a prospect, but also the prospect kind of feeling you out as an individual in the organization. I think there's, there's definitely um, a two way uh, from there. So we'd say, you know, kind of avoid that, that, um, avoid those decks and, and running into that. Uh, also, you know, the, the, the pitch itself does seem to be more business focused. So whereas perhaps if you're meeting someone, having a coffee with them, you know, you might chit chat for 10, 15 minutes. Um, I've noticed that obviously in a zoom environment, it's, it's pretty much straight to business. There is a bit of chat and a bit of banter, but, but obviously then it, then it's pretty, you know, straight down, let, let's crack on. Yeah, so look, I think, I think the, um, yeah, a couple of interesting points. I think the first one is, is, um, you know, relationships. You touched on that before. We can't, we do, with, with cameras on, you've, st you've definitely got a chance to build a relationship again, right? Yeah. yeah. When, when, camera, when cameras are off, I think, I think that's, that's very, very limited. Um, and so, so companies, and I, I've been, I've been, you know, having conversations with companies who are trying to sell to us and just in the last couple of weeks again i've had people who you know literally it's maybe a two minute hi you know how's it going uh where are you where are you and the next thing is right i've got a deck and they pull up a deck and yeah. you've lost that now the ability has yeah. gone to kind of build that relationship because you can't look at both things now right you know it's no. weird you don't you don't you know you not really got eye contact but you do when, when it's video to video but yeah, a second yeah. presentation screens up and it's on full screen you're gone um yeah and 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 so i kind of again you know i think look, people do have to use presentations and powerpoints and all that kind of stuff which is fine delay it honestly like i, I would say and i'd say to our guys yeah. you know delay it delay it until you get to that point where you're maybe i don't know two thirds or three quarters of the way down that yeah. funnel Right, where you've established that relationship, there's trust there, there's there's you know, make you know, there's credibility there. Yeah. Now they want to see some details, great. Now let's show them a deck. But up until that point, not and I think but just the last point, I think when you know, when you're mentioning the difficulty of calls, there's a lot of calls which don't have um very clear next steps agreed at the end of yeah. it. Right. Yeah. And and um and I think that's a miss because you know, all of a sudden, two or three days down the line, both sides are trying to figure out, okay, how's that left? Yeah, um, exactly. So again, I think just be very kind of clear on that. You know, that's, that's those kind of digital sales elements. Yeah, you, um, need, you, need, to, yeah. you need to make sure that, that, that you know that what those next steps are. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and also, I, I think the thing is that when, when you are, if you do have a deck, one tip is just to, you know, before you launch into it, say, listen, guys, you know, I want to make this interactive, got any questions, jump in. And then also when you're going through that presentation, check in, you know, just make sure that the, the kind of people are still engaged, yeah. right? Because I've also found if you do go into a deck presentation, cameras go off, you know, and, and kind of it, it, it's, it's almost, I liken it to a previous physical meeting where somebody will get their phone out yeah. and you're trying to talk to them and they're on their phone and they're checking their WhatsApp and they're, you know, and, and you've lost them. Right. So, yeah. so I think um, just as, just as a tip, um, you know, try to make that as interactive as you can. Yeah, cool. So look, Andrew, let's move on just in the interest of time. Yeah. So we've, we've got, okay, so look, we have a good meeting. We have a good call. The next yeah. part now is we've identified an opportunity. Okay. Um, yeah. And perhaps that next agreed next step is that we'll send a proposal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do we do with proposals nowadays? So how do we, how do we kind of take a fresh look on that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think we have to realise what happened previously, and uh, obviously we've been tweaking our proposals and we've been going to market for years. But but I think that there was a um, uh, a habit of people printing out proposals. So you know, you've got a proposal, printed it out, big and chunky, clipped it with a stapler, and then ultimately shared it with someone, right? Um, so hey, listen, got this proposal, got this, got that. I guess at the moment, you know, not everyone is back at work. Um, so does that proposal get shared anymore? Uh, probably less than it did previously. Um, so we need to kind of be thinking about digital proposals, right? Um, and by digital proposal, that isn't a PDF, right? Just because it's, you know, it, it lives in digital space doesn't necessarily mean that it's digital, right? Yeah. So I think the thing is we have to consider you know, more interactive proposals, use, use you know, visual aids to, to uh, entice people or to excite them, uh, you know, and it, and it may sound uh, very quirky, I guess, if you're talking about, uh, you know, pipe coatings and how exciting can it be, um, but use infographics, use, you know, visually led information to, to make sure that there is some interest, even video as yeah. well, um, and potentially even look at, you know, video proposals, right? Um, so even though some of our proposals have been static, you and I have both done this and the guys have done this where we've, we've used, you know, Vidyard or 23 or, uh, bomb bomb, which is another one, um, where you can, you know, do a little video of yourself, take people through the proposal. So they don't have to print it out and kind of underline it and get the highlights, right? You can take them through that proposal and ultimately send a video email as well. So you're kind of continually engaged. So they do remember that individual um you know that the met with them on zoom five days ago um oh yeah okay this is Zama. i remember right cool yeah it looks like blake carrington i remember so you know these these, these things like um these are the things that that you know are, are great to to use now um more so than ever so we yeah. see a much higher engagement and back to tracking obviously with digital proposals and video you have the ability to track right yeah. and see again where to focus your efforts and your energies yeah cool and I, and I think that's that's really kind of key okay cool so proposal goes out yeah and now someone really interested they kind of looked at the proposal they've watched your video explanation of a, of a proposal all that kind of cool stuff um, but they go quiet so they start um start ghosting you now right so not ghosting, replying to yeah, email, we love a ghosting, yeah. right right so you know they're not replying to emails uh not answering your calls what do you do next yeah, I, I think, again, you look at um, lining up some sequences. So I think here, you know, there's an opportunity at, at a very basic level. If you have no other technology in place, um, you you can use the likes of kind of Drift. You can use even Gmail to, you know, a very basic sequence that can go out, right? So you can time delay an email by a week, 10 days, two weeks, a month even. And, and just drop that in. Now, obviously, if you have something like a HubSpot and, and a kind of proper CRM, you are able to sequence some of those emails and depending on how they react and how they open yeah. them, you can drip feed them those sequences. But at a very base level uh, through yeah. Office 365 or um, uh, 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 Gmail, you do have the ability to, to do some automated kind of follow-ups, right? Where yeah. you're not kind of wasting your time, chasing your tail, chasing someone. Uh, we talk about it a lot of the time, you know, in this part of the world in the Middle East, uh, where we are currently, uh, no one likes to say no. It's really difficult to get a no answer. Mm -hmm. Really difficult. Um, so, so you know, you don't want to waste your time chasing your tail, for sure. Yeah, and that last email, just make sure you kind of have a breakup email at the end of it. Definitely. And say, look, I won't, yeah, yeah. I won't be contacting yeah. you. You're not interested. Obviously, say it in a nice way, but it, yeah. it's always surprising how many kind of people wake up as soon as they receive that last kind of email having ignored five previous ones but yeah panic um yeah exactly cool so okay uh so that doesn't happen we're all good um someone is you know seen a proposal they're engaged now and they come back and they kind of start to negotiate right yeah. what, what do we do what do we do in negotiation in these times yeah i think um i think it goes back to an earlier point that you said that you know we we don't um and look just on on experience at the moment the conversation um isn't isn't necessarily focused on discounting right so negotiation is not necessarily um a pure straight line item discount 10 percent, right um you you can't treat it like this and i think also 
you can't treat it like you're down the souk or the market trying to haggle for a watch. Um, so we have to kind of realize if we go back to the point that, that you know, organizations now are looking for credibility, they're looking for value. Um, so so how, how does that value offer itself, right? Um, and I yeah. think that's the positioning. I think it's a, it's a, a value add approach um, because remember they're risk averse, right? Um, so it's more value or perceived value as opposed to just flat discounting through negotiation. Yeah, so look, the important points here, uh, I think you touched on everything really is, is um, look, if people don't want to take a risk and go with a cheaper supplier, that gives you a position of strength, right? Exactly, yeah. Right, so, so and remind them of that, you know, so especially if you do have a great track record, you've got credibility, you've got experience, tell them, why would you take a risk? You know, why yeah. would you take a risk? And, and, you know, you want the A team to work on this. Don't, don't, why, why take, why even risk your own job? You know, I think, I think you'd be as bold as that. I think the second thing, the value add is really important. But again, I think, cause that cause does, everyone's looking for a discount because, you know, people kind mm. of, you know, they're being asked, did you ask for a discount? You know, yeah, so yeah, people yeah. are asking the question. I think, and again, this surprises me when I speak to people is, you know, when you're giving a discount, you're always giving a discount off that final sales price, right? Mm. You know, so if you, you know, so if, if you're selling something for twenty thousand um, dollars, and someone says, "Look, I need a discount. I need, I need ten percent." Fine, you're taking off two thousand dollars, but that two thousand dollars is coming straight off your bottom line, right? That's coming out of your profit. Yeah, yeah. And so the challenge is, is if you're only making three thousand from that deal in the first place, a two thousand exactly. discount means that you're giving them a sixty-six percent discount. Right. Yeah, yeah. So kind of figure that out. Right. Now it means to make the same profit, you're going to have to sell three times as many of those exactly. products. Right. So now you've got to sell 60 grams worth to get the same profit. Do yeah. the numbers. And, and again, you know, make sure that there's kind of a process there for discounting, because I think the second you get caught down, you know, or the second you go down that path, I think that presents like enormous, uh, enormous margin problems. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you start could start really kind of, you know, creating, creating something even bigger than, and what it silly is yeah so yeah so look so i think bottom line on that is be careful and don't kind of negotiate if you don't need to um no, exactly. don't don't yeah. you know don't don't do gesture discounts because i've seen some of that flying around that look it's tired tough, tough so i'll give you five percent yeah, 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 yeah no why i get involved in that yeah um and so okay so they're happy they say right andrew contracts agreements i think we're all used to seeing digital signatures on or digital contracts and signing yeah, exactly. things digitally now so again if you're not doing that don't overcomplicate the sales process you know get that in place i guess right yeah just make it easier and, and it's obviously again fully trackable so yeah you know if you look at a docusign or any other kind of digital uh process for signatures it, it's very straightforward now um you know just to just to to kind of drop in and get those approved and, yeah. and get things rocking and rolling yeah We've got a few more minutes, Andrew, and I think I think you know we've got to that point. Obviously, bottom of the funnel now, where you know contracts yeah. have been signed, they're all happy. Um, that was job is done, right? So well, yeah, this, and it, look, and, and it's funny because we we've obviously had um, lots of conversations about this in the past as well. But I think the key now, again, let's look at twenty twenty one. Let's look at the challenges that yeah. people are going to face. Um, look, that old quote always gets thrown around. Um, you know, when we're talking about customer retention and upselling yeah. and it, but it is, it's cheaper to sell more to an existing client than it is to get a new one. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think, again, that's something that companies need to really kind of understand that look, keep your clients happy and they're yeah. going to buy more things from you and they're probably going to spend more money with you. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and from a sales perspective, brilliant. Okay. That's what we want because that means we don't have to sell as hard because we've got someone who yeah. trusts us. Chances are, you know, we've got an opportunity to put a price up as opposed to start negotiating again because they've seen some results or some impact or whatever it is. Um, but I think one of the important things um, is, is these kind of handoffs, right? So, you know, when yeah. we kind of, you know, for, I think for sales people to continue to sell to existing clients, you know, I think mean, you said it perfectly, right? Sales jobs done as soon as the contract's in place, move on to the next one. Well, yeah. actually I think now in 2021, a new normal and all of that, all of that stuff, I think it comes down to actually how much involvement does that salesperson have from an operational standpoint moving forward, yeah. Yeah. right? How, how often they're checking in, right? Um, you know, with that client and saying, hey, you know, I know you're being looked after by someone else now, yeah. someone from my ops team, but 
you know, how you're getting on? Is there anything I can yeah. help you with? I think things like that go a hell of a long way, right? And will kind of aid, aid yeah. retention and upsetting moving on, right? Yeah, I think you, you, we obviously spoke about it at the beginning of Top of Funnel with the alignment with sales and marketing. I think sales and operations need to be fully aligned at the bottom. So, you know, just because right. you now have this customer, you know, you, you can't take it as a given. Um, you know, you need to, to nurture them. And also, I think just the, if you did previously have the ability to potentially go and visit that customer, grab a coffee with them, grab a beer, that's been taken away. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I think there's, there's, there's a consideration now that, that, that you, could, you can reach out. And also for the people that, that, that you know, have always remotely sold, um, you know, th this applies for the same, same reasons. You need to make sure that, you know, that, that customer is being taken care of. Um, yeah. You've obviously worked incredibly hard to, to, to bring them to the table, right? Um, you know, and they're getting fed now. So you've got to make sure that, that obviously they continue to be happy, uh, happy. And, and I think that's, yeah, that, that, that's crucial. So definitely kind of make it a priority, um, you know, as, as, as far as making sure that that customer is happy um, on what you've sold them, essentially. As yeah. Well. Look, and I think, I think it's, it's interesting because I think sales and marketing alignment have been, you know, it's a buzz term, right? It's a lot of people, we've been talking about it for yeah. the last few years. Um, you know, you go to big conferences and there's a whole load of people who are kind of, you know, really kind of addressing this and talking about it and, and try and get yeah. people to understand the importance of it. Uh, sales and operational alignment, I think is actually maybe just as big. And especially yeah. I think moving into 21, 100%. you know, Definitely. where we're actually, you're going to need to really understand exactly what's going on for a client, how happy they are. Do you need to step in because, Hey, you are the guy that sold it, even though if something's messed up, it's not down to yeah. you, but yeah. you're, you know, a salesperson is in that key position where they can really kind of smooth things over, um, get involved, show that they care. And I think people will want to continue working with people like that. And I think, yeah. you know, I think, I think key takeaway today potentially is that kind of sales and operational alignment is maybe just as important, if not more important yeah. um, than sales and market alignment. So I think that's yeah. cool. Andrew, we, we've had, we've had a question. Um, uh, thanks Michael for sending this through, but so Michael said, look, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, what are the kind of risks of selling too cheaply in the current environment? Yeah. Um, you know, the risk of appearing too cheap as well. Um, you know, this, this is something that, again, I think really goes back to um, that risk element from yeah. purchasing at the moment. You know, there's a lot of companies who are going to fail, okay? And a lot of companies who are going to close down a lot of them are going to close down through no fault of their own, right? Yeah. But I always go back to, um, I always go back to, I'm trying to think, do you remember the airline? Was it Silverjet, Andrew? Do you remember Silverjet? Back yeah, in, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, many, yeah, many moons yeah. ago, right? Okay, yes. back, yeah, yeah. Right? This was, a, this was a business class only airline, okay? That's right. Yeah. That was operating from, um, from Dubai to one of the London airports. Yeah, okay? I remember. Yeah. And, and it was a, uh, you know, very kind of innovative. So no economy on there. You're flying from the private uh, terminal here yeah. in Dubai, yeah, landing at a private, right, the Royal Terminal. So, so yeah. a lot of kind of benefits and a lot of kind of prestige associated to flying, flying yeah. with those guys. Then one day, uh, and, and people were flying it, having a great experience. And then one day they had a buy one, get one free offer. And, and it went nuts, right? And, and the, yeah. to be honest with you, I don't, think the, I don't think the tickets were overly expensive anyway. They were certainly cheaper than what you'd pay, you'd pay on an Emirates, for example. Yeah, yeah. But they'd buy one free, get one free offer. So all of these people who are frequent tra uh, travelers were suddenly buying these you know, two business class tickets for the price of one. And the next day, they closed down. <laughs> so, yeah. right? And, and literally, this was the last kind of ditch attempt to generate yeah, some cash, right. generate some revenue before they filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. And for me right now, and I, that will be, you know, we, we haven't spoken about this probably since it happened, I guess, right? And we're no. talking over, yeah, yeah. over 10 years ago. Right? Must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, you kind of, any time an offer or a deal just seems too good, it, yeah. you know, it probably is too good to be true, right? And I always kind of think back to, think back to this airlines have done this a lot mm. you know if you th even if you think of some of the airlines that have closed down the last couple of years they've had yeah. they've had pretty good sales on just before they're about to close so yeah, if yeah. you are speaking to somebody or if you're selling a product and if you are coming across as you know that company that's a little bit you know too desperate to do a deal 
Yeah. You know, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of fraught with danger. I think it's just something that you don't really want to, want to do yeah, as, I, a, I think as a seller. Be, be, or, I, I also, I also think it attracts the wrong type of customer as well. Right. So, so, you know, we, you've got to consider that, that, you know, that the fact is that if they, if they're all through, we've spoken about, and if you've got a customer that their only deciding factor through everything going around at the moment, the craziness is price. I'm not sure if that's really the individual that you want in your, in your stable, right? No, exactly. And again, it also comes back to not understanding numbers as well, right? Because again, if, yeah. if you, if you are going in at a kind of ridiculously cheap price, which again, seems too good to be true. Maybe someone's just not really thought about the numbers and had, you know, maybe decided a 20, 30 or 40% discount yeah. is the right way to go without really kind of, you know, realizing the impact of that on that on profitability. Yeah. Um, you know, I so think, I think we see, I think we see it as well. Some of these deals that do seem too good to be true. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're bait, they're just bait. So, you know, when you start to work with that organization, suddenly costs start piling up. Oh, yeah. well, you know, this wasn't considered as part of a scope. Oh, well, this wasn't. So, sure. so actually you, you end up spending more anyway. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, definitely shy away from, from that discount discount it's a fire sale it's a deal it's a steal that kind of stuff yeah all right well look i think on that note mate um it's six minutes past so we're we're a little bit over time guys thank you yep. for thank you for kind of uh tuning in and, and watching thank you to those who will be listening to us on the podcast kind of after the event um it's been a, i've enjoyed that i think it's, good. Yeah, yeah. it's been a good topic yeah don't don't turn too don't, don't turn too surprised about it yeah I didn't say I, I didn't say I, was, I didn't say I was super excited at the start. <laughs> you didn't say you were super excited today, so I guess people get confused. Um, no, it's good, good, uh, and and it goes without saying. You know, we're talking sales, so that's why we overran. Um, so yeah, tune in next week, guys, or listen in next week for for the kind of uh, third part of the series. We're talking people. Um, so people in 2021, uh, how does that look? Um, and then the last week will be tech. Um, tech in 2021 as, as part of this uh, 2021 series so yeah thank you for, for tuning in today as always you can reach out to myself and Amit we're on LinkedIn um, don't sell to Amit because he's not going to read your message um, but if you do send it he told you three or four times you will you'll pop to the top of his inbox so you might be able to get a hold of him as we said you can reach out digital uh, sorry growth show at, at digitalnexa.com um, but yeah we look forward to seeing you all next week Take care, Andrew. See you later. See you guys. Thanks. Take care. Cheers. Bye.